Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. This is Dan Greaves, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck, a This Country podcast. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country Podcast. Now, first, he's the man who spent all night glued to loaf of bread cam. Well, he told me he'd spent hours on a website looking at flowery bats. It's Neil. <laughs> Hello, Pav. Now, is that one completely accurate no, and true? No, that's completely like they are true. Every week? That is completely true. No, that's true. completely untrue, actually. <laughs> Let's change it this week. I'll, I'll, I'll change it. Although I have got hooked on watching these ridiculous videos about really expensive yachts. I have no ambition to sail. I have no ambition to own a boat, but I'm really intrigued to find out what they put on these expensive boats. Okay. This, so that's, this, that's what I want. Expensiveboats.com. Uh, something like that. Flowery boats. Is it? <laughs> now, our superfan guest this episode is a TV presenter, crime writer, and a member of the Crime Writers Association. So for a one-off bargain, unique deal of a lifetime, available for the next 45 minutes or so, it's item number 103434, better known as Jackie Cabler. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Nice little QVC reference Thank there. you very much. Well, I thought good. I'd get it in early, yeah, you know. Why not? Because yeah. I do want to quiz you about QVC, but mm-hmm. I will ask the, the question that we normally start off with our superfan, is where did you find out about this country? It was my niece, Ellen, actually. She was living in Charleston them for a while um, and she said to me it was after the first series had gone out so it was all on iPlayer and she said I've seen this amazing series you've got to watch it it's on iPlayer it's really funny it's all set around here and it's totally your kind of thing and you love it and I thought okay fine whatever <laughs> and so I um, I think it was about another month before I sort of got around to it and I was on my own in a hotel in London uh, working and I didn't have anything to watch and I thought what was that thing Ellen said and I looked on iPlayer and I found it and I started watching it, and within 10 minutes, that was it. I was like, this is bloody brilliant. This is so <laughs> funny. And I binge-watched the whole first series, and I was desperate for the second series and the, the aftermath and everything, and I'm, I'm just a huge fan. I just think it's brilliant. It's one of those things that will never stop being funny and never stop being sad and a bit like Only Fools and Horses or Faulty Towers, something you can watch over and over and over again, and you just still will find it funny and laugh your head off. Mm. It is very much like that sort of series. Yeah. Do you have a favourite character? 
Um, I kind of love Kurt, and I've got a real soft spot. I think he's so sort of sweet, and he gets it all wrong a bit, doesn't he? And he's lovely, but I mean, I, I don't know. I love Matt. I love Mandy as well. But everyone loves Mandy, don't they? Oh, yeah. She's kind of so scary and lovely at the same time. But everybody knows somebody like Mandy yeah, as well. Yeah, oh, crikey, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We had a producer who I won't name in case she's listening, but she really reminds me of Mandy. <laughs> did she do her own tattoos? <laughs> she didn't, but, but there were other similarities, which I probably shouldn't talk about. But yeah, I love Mandy. So is it relevant to you that you grew up in a small town or anything like that? Um, I mean, I've lived in Gloucestershire for, for years and years and years. And of course, we, and I've lived in Gloucestershire villages. I live in Cheltenham now but um, since March. But before that, I lived in a small village in South Gloucestershire. And before that, I lived in another small village. And so we all know people like that, don't we? Mm. we you know, you go down the local pub and there's characters like Len and, you know, there's always a there's always a Martin somewhere lurking around, and so I think that really helps. And just the accents, it's all very familiar, I mm. suppose, when you live in Gloucestershire, isn't it? So that adds to the appeal, really. Mm. It's one of those things that you 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 think you know some like they say you know a Len. Yeah. Some, what you don't want to be is you don't want to be the Len that's no, in your village. That's, that's, <laughs> no, yeah. you don't no, want to be the true. Mandy in your village. Yeah. When you're looking around, you're going, I don't know, there is, we haven't got a curtain, and then you think, oh no, I'm curtain. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one. That's I'm that's the, one. the yeah. thing. If you don't know who it is. It's probably, it's probably you. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you did you binge series two as well, or did yeah. you watch them as they were no, coming I out? No, I binged, because I think they put it all on iPlayer straight away, didn't they? All in, did they? No, no, it dropped weekly. I must have binge-watched yeah. it again, because I did binge-watch it again, so I must have waited and then watched it all, um, yeah. one after the other, yeah. And then desperate for the for a follow up, and then we had we had one. So is there a Christmas special? Somebody said there's a Christmas special. Well, no. they are they are filming as we're recording I this. They are filming series yes. three as we speak. Yes, that's exciting. Yeah, but so, no Christmas special. Right? No, I, no, I would assume they'll do the same sort of format as they done for series one and series two. So it'll be out early, yeah. early twenty twenty, <laughs> sort of February time, sort of February it? time. Yes. But it's. It's one of the, it's just a weird fan thing that you mm. really, re- and it's, it's also weird because normally when we hear that Star Wars is being filmed, you know that it's, well, it's either going to be in London or in America. This is literally like a 15 minute drive down yeah. the road. And you, yeah. it's weird that something that is so, that means a lot to us. Mm. It's just I've never so been, close. though, to North Leach. I don't, I don't think I've ever, I need to go. I feel like I want to do a tour. I want to go and stand outside the house and stuff you like that do. do people do really, that they, they, they do, do, really do they? they do and it is Gosh. it is it is very weird because it that house has become yeah it's just iconic yeah it's yeah. just a normal house, yeah. but because it's like on that hill, it yeah. looks a bit like the psycho house, <laughs> and it's just weird. But I think that there's so many people now that you look on mm. on online that are taking photographs. Or I'm going to be one of them. I just around the corner. To. Well, if yeah. you go to the um, unofficial This Country website yeah. uh, that our friend Paul Barnes does, he's got a map there that shows you exactly where ah. everything is. Mandy's house is just around the corner. That's right. From, it's, quite, um, it's all quite close oh, to each other. Yeah. So, um, and North Leach is a lo- lovely place yeah. as well. So yeah, no, I'm going to do it. You have to yeah, do it. Yeah, you need to. Yeah. You have to do it. Yeah. Right, now I have to talk to you about QVC. Okay. Because I'm one of these people, especially when it comes to Christmas, Right. I get glued to the like QVC and all those channels Good. because of those Good. little... I used to have, it's, unfortunately it's broken now, I bought it about 20 years ago, which was a lovely sort of um, snow house oh, that yes. had loads of like flickering lights on. Oh, it was beautiful. We still I, have things like do you? that. Yes, yes. So how did you get involved with QVC? Gosh, well, I was a news reporter for 20 years and um, I got to a point where it was great and it was a great career and I worked, you know, I worked all over the world and I covered amazing news stories. I worked for, um, I started off at, um, when it was HTV, ITV West oh, in yes. Bristol. But my, fir- my first job, um, one of my first jobs was there when it was HTV, so years and years ago. 
And um, anyway, then I ended up on GMTV when it was GMTV um, in the days of Eamon Holmes and Fiona Phillips. And, and I spent 10 years there traveling the world doing all these amazing stories. And then I went freelance and I worked for ITN and BBC and, you know, carried on doing news, news, news. But news, although it's an amazing job, is a very demanding job. And it gets to the point where I never, I just let people down all the time. If I was sent on a story, you know, I couldn't just come home if it was somebody's birthday or something like that. And so I would miss parties and miss holidays and all sorts of things. So after 20 years, I thought, right, I'm done with news. I want to do something different. And I didn't know, had no idea what I wanted to do. Thought I'd, I thought about being a personal trainer. I thought about being a garden designer. And then somebody said to me, have you ever thought about QVC shopping telly? Because he was a director who'd worked there and he said it was really good fun. I thought, well, no, I haven't actually. So I started watching it and I thought, actually, this does. It looks quite slick. It looks really good fun. So I sent um, a CV in. And I got the usual, oh, you know, we'll be in touch if we need anybody. And I thought, oh, forget that. And then a few months later, they got in touch because they needed presenters. And uh, I went in and had this really tough series of auditions. It was actually the hardest job to get of all the jobs I'd had in my career. I had to do five auditions of bizarre sort of things and um, got the job. And I've been there now for nearly seven years. Love oh, it. I've Love got to ask so a little bit more about this audition. Uh, <laughs> what did, did they basically get you to sell something? Yeah. That's yeah. what they had to do. So there was two, it was over two days. The first day, I don't know, what did I have to They gave me a ring. I think it was a sapphire ring. And I had to talk about that for something like 10 minutes. And I had to bring something from home to sell in inverted commas. And I, had to talk, I bought a sort of a zebra print makeup box. And I had to talk about that for 10 minutes. And then I had to do something else. I can't remember. And then the second day I was called back and I had to, um, there was a guest, a fashion expert guest who I had to talk about a dress with for about 10 minutes. And then I had, yeah, so it was like that kind of thing. I had to keep talking about mm. random things for quite a long time. But now you see, I do that every single day and don't think twice about it. I could talk, I could talk for 24 hours about that candle over there <laughs> right. if I had to, you know, yeah. I really could. You, you get so used to it. I was going to ask, do you mm. get the product then before you, you yeah. get to trial it? How long you do get you get to, to trial these well, things? Well, mm, you don't necessarily get to trial them, but um, you... Um, you get to see them, obviously, before mm. the show. So we tend to go in a few hours. We, we tend to be on air, each presenter, about three shows a day, three hours a day. But we're in there for a lot longer mm. than that. So a lot of time is spent looking at all the items that are in your show, chatting to the guests. If there's guests bringing products in, we have to chat to the guests. So it's sort of prep time, we call it. So... Um, but you, but a lot of the products you have to kind of learn about really, really quickly. You know, mm. you haven't got that much time to learn mm. about them. I mean, there might be a dozen products in a show, so you sort of get used to learning about stuff really quickly. And it's all live and it's all unscripted and there's no auto cue or anything. So you are sort of flying by the seat of your pants. Because things go wrong. Because the other thing is, like on TV, have you yeah. got you've got the earpiece, yes. in, so you've got like the producer or someone yes. talking to you constantly, while you're talking constantly. Yeah. So is that a skill that you have to learn? I mean, that's yeah, not something that, that comes natural, is it? No, I think when people start doing a job like that, I mean, I was kind of used to it from news because as a newsreader and a news reporter, you. It's not as constant as it is on a shopping channel, but you just do have people talking in your ear while you're talking, telling you how much time you've got left and so on, you know. Um, but on, on QVC, it's pretty constant. It's it's a constant... Because we've got no script or no autocue, sometimes they're feeding us bits of information, you know, technical specifications, things that we might not remember, you know, how, mm. how, what length the cable is on something that plugs in or, you know, something like that, how much memory there is on a laptop. Um, and they're also updating us on how it's going and... So if something isn't selling, they might say, right, we're going to cut a couple of minutes off this, so just fill another minute or two and then we'll switch to the next product. And So it's a constant, constant voice in your ear. 
So that it's quite tiring. After three hours yeah. on air, sometimes I come off and I can't. I almost can't speak. I just, <laughs> I just want to get in my car and just quietly go home. I was yeah. going to say, but, and also that probably you don't want to speak either. Yeah. You probably thought, right, that's my daily yeah. dialogue gone. And you do tend to lose your voice. I mean, I get croaky a lot because mm. we talk so much and I do kind of, yeah, losing your voice is a bit of an occupational hazard. But. And you also get special guests, don't you? Come on and say. Yeah, we have lots of, yeah, we've had this all was sorts the thing, of people. Because yeah. I'm now talking to somebody that has spoken to Donny Osmond. Yeah, I interviewed so Donny Osmond on I, QVC. I, I saw yeah. that and I thought, well, there you go. I'm, I'm one away from Donny Osmond. <laughs> you are, yeah. He was great, yeah. We, um, because often people like that come and sell their new album on QVC. Mm. You know, we had Joan Collins doing a makeup range on QVC. We had, who else have we had? Ruth Langsford from This Morning has a fashion range with us. Amanda Holden has an interiors range with us. So there's a lot of big names who come in and it's, yeah, it's really fun. Because really you, you certainly looked a little bit starstruck with Donny Osmond. Oh, you're saying I used about to have him on my wall. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. know, it's one of those bizarre things. And he just things. said that he was waiting for he you did. and you never turned up. He was lovely, he was lovely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, I don't know. I've met, I've been, done a lot of interviews with famous people over the years and, and sometimes, you know, they don't quite live up to expectations, mm. but some of them do. Mm. Um, so do you get, have you got star, starstruck before? Um, George Clooney, I was quite a little bit starstruck by. I interviewed him, um, he, do you remember the film The, per- the Perfect Storm? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he, I went to the premiere of that and interviewed him on the red carpet. Oh, I made such an idiot of myself. This was <laughs> awful. So I said, because um, I always fancied George Clooney, I think, you know, He's Who gorgeous. doesn't? You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, so everyone's kind of asking him the same questions about boats and storms and stuff. And I thought, well, OK, he plays a fisherman in the film. So I'm going to ask him what his favourite fish is, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which was not the most, you know, highbrow question. But anyway, so he comes along and I start chatting to him and talking about the film. And I say, so, George, um, what's your favourite fish? And he just looks at me and I think I'm starting to slowly die inside. And he says... To eat or to look at? <laughs> and, I, and I said, oh, I know oh, I haven't thought this through. And I said, um, um, well, to eat, I suppose. And he went, tuna, I suppose. <laughs> and, he, and he just looked at my cameraman as if to say, who is this weird oh, woman no. and what is she asking you about fish for? And I thought, no, I've just blown it with George Clooney. I bet awful. I guarantee you he got back to his hotel room that night and the first thing he thought was, that woman with that tuna question. <laughs> he never thought about any other question that was asked. It was all probably, oh, I don't know what was it like that. making the film? Yeah. Did you enjoy working with Mark Wahlberg no, and all see, this stuff? You see, you he'll should re- have done the interview. But no, because he'll remember that the question. Yeah. He'll remember him. that question. It's a standout yeah. question. It Thanks. is a standout question. Thanks, I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't have been offended if you'd asked me what my favourite fish what is. What is your favourite fish? Oh, I like a tench. <laughs> <laughs> To eat or to look at? Yeah. Uh, both. <laughs> Can you eat tench? I have no idea. That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's a challenge for you, that Dear. is. A um, bit earthy. A bit earthy. Um, we'll just go back to this country. Yeah. You are saying about um, Series 2. Yes. At the end of Series 2, yes. uh, there was a few uh, cliffhangers, obviously. Yes. Did they get resolved the way you wanted them to get resolved in, in uh, the aftermath? The aftermath? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm really glad Carrie didn't go to prison. I'm glad she dobbed her dad in because he deserved it. Did you think for a minute that she would? Um, I did, actually, yeah. Did you? I did at the end of Series 2. I thought, will she? Because she loves him so much, mm. bless her, doesn't she? And she's so, you know, she's so dim, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love her so much, you know. And I, and I did think, oh, will she, will she? But no, I was so relieved about that. I'm like, yeah, I, I really loved the aftermath. I thought it was great. I thought it was really good, yeah. Mm. But I'm dying to see what's going to happen next. So excited. I mean... 
That's the question we do you normally know? sort of think. You know, no, no, do you not know inside no, knowledge? This is the thing that people online seem to think we have this. Um, yeah, we're, this we're, we're part of the making of it, and I wish we were. Yeah. I really wish we had but a part even, in it, but we don't. Even when we do get to see Charlie or Daisy or whatever, they don't. They won't tell us. No, no. they really Fair don't enough, tell us. Well, you know, uh, no, and yeah, I don't yeah, want them yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to enjoy it as a fan as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want her to find love. I want her to have a boyfriend, or even a girlfriend, or just a close friend, because she hasn't really got any friends, has she? Just somebody to kind of be there for her. Also, what I want... You're not even asking me this question. I'm going to tell you anyway. Because I've listened to your podcast. I'm getting ahead of myself. No, you carry on. But, you know, she did the the horrible green drink that made her sick. Right, yes. I really want her to come up with another really crap business idea, but bring it to QVC and get it on air. (laughs) Because wouldn't that be so funny? Kerry on shopping telly. And I'm sure I could organise it. Kerry's tracksuit range. Yes, something. Like, wouldn't it be brilliant? It would be so funny. (laughs) We'd have to have a beat button, wouldn't you? You would, yeah. Oh, my goodness. She'd be effing. And injecting yeah, all over the place. She would, be so do you have a do you have like a, a, a delay or no. a, a, you don't? No. Do you fine. ever get? Has anybody um, ever? In my, a... Not in my not in my experience so far. No, I think people are very aware that it's live and there's no delay, and so nobody has. Um, right. So what I mean, it, things go wrong. I was going to drop uh, things and break things and trip over things. And I was going to say the, the age old question, which anyone says for anyone that's been on television: yeah. What's the funniest thing that's happened to you? Oh my goodness! <laughs> so I mean, so many things. I don't know. You put me on the spot now. Um, I'm I'm notoriously clumsy. Right. We had um we do a lot of gardening shows on QVC. We had this um beautiful plant which we were selling, and it, the plant was there for the whole day and a number of shows right through from the morning to the evening, and um it had bloomed, but there was only one flower on it. So this flower was was the only flower the viewers could see to to you know so they would know what this plant was going to look like when it bloomed. And um, in in the first show in the morning at 10 o'clock show, I managed to knock the flower off the plant <laughs> live on air. And I was sort of standing there ho- trying to hold it, almost to squish it back on. And of course, it's not going back on, is it? And suddenly yeah. my co-presenter looks and goes, what have you done? And in the end, they had to sellotape it back on oh, for, the, no. for the rest of the day. But the poor little flower was sort of droopy by the end. Um, I've, I've done loads of ridiculous things. What's the most um, expensive thing you've broken then? <laughs> um, I broke I broke a bracelet live on air only a few weeks ago, but I managed to hide it. Nobody knew it was quite an expensive. Um, I broke the clasp when I was when I was um, putting it on, and had to sort of hold it on to show it to the camera. Mm-hmm. I do things like that quite often, and, and you know sometimes you just lose it. You just start to laugh about yeah. ridiculous things. Um, I was doing a show with Ruth Langsford um, last week, a fashion show. Do you actually? I'm going to ask you to this. Do you know what a weenus is? Oh, say that again. <laughs> A weenus. Do you know where your weenus is? I have no I mean, idea. I mean, I it could, I rude, could, I could draw a, a, a draw in and point at it. Like, well, uh... shall I tell you? <laughs> Go on, then. Your weenus is the loose skin on your elbow. That is the official word for the loose skin on your elbow wow. is your weenus. And we started to discuss this in a fashion show and, of course, completely lost it. <laughs> and then couldn't stop See, saying I, it. I, I think you're winding us up. No, I, look it up. Promise you, look I, it up. Okay. Look it up. Okay. Weenus. W-E-E-N-U-S, weenus. <laughs> W-E-E-N-U-S. Weenus. Weenus. And we did lose it quite a lot talking about stuff like I can imagine. So, you know, it's, it's good fun. Though. Well, it's I'll tell you what fun. I'm going to do. I'm going to wait till my wife gets home tonight and I'm going to say, honey, can you rub my weenus? Yeah. And if she smacks me in the face, <laughs> I'm going to be straight on Twitter to you and say, my wife doesn't know what <laughs> a weenus is. Well, you've got two weenuses, remember? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, so. Spoiled for child. <laughs> Well, that's there one thing I, I never thought we'd be I, talking about today. Yeah. Well, Weenuses. I've never even heard that before. Well, there you I go. You see, haven't. every day's a school day. Oh, I love it, though. Mm. That's my new phrase. Spell. 
So many people have said that to me. We put if you look at my Twitter, there's a whole little um, minute and a half video compilation of us saying Venus, 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 Venus <laughs> on um, on TV, and it is very funny. So, so when you are in the middle of like laughing hysterically or or just try, do you? Pinch yourself? Do you, do you pinch Usually your weenus? So you, so you <laughs> Usually yourself? the producer shouts at me in my ear. So right. That's, that's the thing. You have to, but we, doesn't we that make you laugh them. even more? Well, sometimes it does, yes. So that's the problem. But we, if they say, come on, put yourself together, like, come on, come on, <laughs> we kind of think, right, well, okay, live television, live television, stop, stop, stop. And you have to kind of make yourself. But sometimes you just can't. Well, if you've got when you've the, lost it, you've lost those it. Those giggles, you, know, you it's can't just, get yeah. rid of them, can you? But, you know, people generally at home, you worry, oh, are people going to be offended? Are people going to get, you know, think I'm an idiot? But actually, most of the time, people are laughing with you because they yeah, think it's you'd funny. Love that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so thankfully, our viewers are very nice and, um, and they kind of laugh with there us. There must be a part of you thinking, this could go viral, you know. As, as we're chatting yeah. away, oh, talking about weenuses and laughing. <laughs> it's already gone viral now, in my head. <laughs> so do you sell food on QBS? Yeah. Do you have to taste it all? Yeah, I had a two-hour food show yesterday. Oh, my goodness, I was full. It was at lunch. It was at between 11 and 1 yesterday, and I certainly didn't need any lunch. Um, it was, um, yeah, and the food shows are funny because we... Um, they're, they're never in the right order, so you'll have chocolate followed by pies followed by sweets followed by salmon but you know it's just all mm. mixed up and you have to taste every single thing and it's great i'm not complaining but you do feel quite full is afterwards. it always great and um, most of the time it's great have yes. you have you tried stuff live <laughs> on air and um, just thought Ooh. that's the saleswoman in there <laughs> like, yeah no. no there are a few things i do i don't drink coffee i hate coffee i hate olives and i hate mince pies <sighs> um i know what and do you yesterday, do at Christmas? well, I know I'm really bad at Christmas because I hate mince pies and I don't like Christmas cake very much. All right, yeah, Either. Christmas so, cake. Or Christmas pud. Dollar Christmas pud. No, anything those rich. But yesterday in the show, I had had to have mince pies. But I, I was very honest and I said to the the guy who brought them in, I said, "Look, I'm so sorry. I'll eat the sausage roll you've brought as well, but I can't eat the mince pies. So I just had a little nibble of the pastry instead of eating the mince bit. So you can get around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be awful if you were suddenly going. Aah! Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Newsflash. Oh, uh, via Google. Weenus is a slang word for the excess or loose skin See? at the joint of one's elbow, which is technically referred to as, oh, here we go, Ollie Crankle skin. No, <laughs> See, sorry. Weenus is much easier. Ollie Crane, Ollie Crannel. Oh, Ollie, I'm just going to say Weenus. Ollie Crannel? <laughs> I went to school with Ollie Crannel. Ollie Crannel is an adjective used in medicine that means of, belonging to, or relating to the Olacranon. There you but are. But Weenus, you see. Thank you very You're much. Welcome. Didn't they also You're sing Teenage Dirtbag? No, that was Weenus. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I so, cannot believe Weenus. There yeah. you go. There right, you go. let's move away from QVC because okay. otherwise I'm going to go and buy something yeah. that I really don't need. <laughs> Author, writing. Yes. So when did this turn? Um, I started writing um, when I was still at GMTV, actually. Um, I started, I was travelling an awful lot and I, I wanted something to sort of distract me from all the horrible news stories I was covering. And I started writing a book about, a, <laughs> not much imagination, but a TV news reporter who worked for a breakfast TV show. Who, um, But in my book, she was t trying to find love. And it was kind of a bit of a rom-com and everything. And um, I wrote it and I started sending it off to agents and had no interest whatsoever. Nobody was interested in it. So I thought, oh, well, sod that. I clearly can't write. And I put it away in a drawer. And then a few years later, I had gone freelance by then. I had a bit more time and I took it out. And I thought, why did I try and write a rom-com? I don't, I don't read rom-coms. I don't watch rom-coms. I'm all. I just watch crime. I'm obsessed with crime dramas, and I read lots of crime. And I thought I'm going to change this book. And I kept the main character, but I threw a murder in at the beginning and made her a, a reporter who got 
got involved in solving murders. And that book got me then a three book deal. So I wrote a series of three books that were called The Cora Baxter Mysteries about this TV reporter. And then as I was writing the third one, I got this, uh, I started feeling the urge to write something much darker because they were quite lighthearted. They were about crime, but there was a bit of romance and comedy in them as well. What they call cosy crime, Mm. sort of, you know. So I thought I want to write something darker. So then I wrote um, another book, a very dark book, which is one that's just come out. And that one got me a two book deal with HarperCollins. And that one's been released in the States as well as here. So that was really, really, really exciting. So how do you research something? If you want to go darker into crime? Well, this one, um, I don't want to give too much away because it, it only came out a couple of months ago and people are still yeah, lots of people yeah, still haven't yeah, read yeah. it and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. it's called Am I Guilty um, and it was inspired actually because I work in London in Chiswick and live in Cheltenham so I've got a long commute I drive mm. four days a week so I've, I've got about I'm in my car maybe up to five hours four times a week so I listen to a lot of um, podcasts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> including yours hey, yay yeah. and um, I listen to a lot of American true crime podcasts oh. as well and I was listening to one of them which um, ones do you listen it was, to? Um, I've done all the big with the serial, serial and undisclosed, and this one was called Breakdown. Okay. Um, and it's um, it kind of breaks down cases and generally ones that might be a miscarriage of justice, but are they really? And um, I was listening to one about a crime. And again, I don't really want to say too much, but it's no. a crime. It's about a crime that's very common in the States, but happens very rarely over here. And there are reasons for that. But I thought, hmm, I wonder if that's ever happened over here. So I did some research and I couldn't find a single prosecuted case in the UK of this particular offence and so I thought that might make a good book so then I I wrote this book but I based it in Cheltenham because I'm lazy no that's Um, good because it's easy and I based it in Cheltenham and uh yeah and I got a book deal with HarperCollins out of it so it was amazing so I'm so now I sort of work in London four days a week and write three days a week essentially so it takes up a lot of time but I love it and it's yeah it's done well the the, the one that's just come out well we can put the uh I'm assuming it's on Amazon Amazon, so we can put the Amazon link in the show notes and then people can I'll give you I don't know whether you've listened to these podcasts but there's one called Sword and Scale no that one is very dark. Okay. I mean, Good. I've, I've, like had, I've, I've, I've had times when I've listened like whole afternoons to them. Right. And then you have to wash afterwards <laughs> because they have actual like court um, uh, um, audio yeah, and sometimes yeah, even like au- audio from actual scenes of people being killed. Wow. It's it's very very dark, but they there's. They're very good. And then also the O.J. Simpson one that's out at the moment. Yeah, no, I haven't done that one yet. No, I need to listen to that one. That's on my list. Very, very good. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a massive business now. Have you ever thought about doing a true crime podcast? I haven't really, just lack of time. Yeah. It's something that you may be in the future. Because you have to research a lot. Yeah, because I work sort of random shifts. I I wouldn't be able to commit to doing one every week on a certain day or anything. It's just really difficult to fit it in. Yeah. But I find it just fascinating, Mm. crime. I used to cover a lot of crime stories when I was a news reporter as well, so I covered... You know, the Sower murders and Madeleine McCann and all sorts of big crime stories. And I just found it amazing. Sitting in court watching trials is like watching television almost. And I just found it fascinating as to why, you know, some people commit crimes and most of us don't. You know, mm. what? but why some people commit horrendous mm. crimes and what's the psychology behind it and all. It's really interesting, isn't it? I, I think listening to that sword and scale, I do. Yeah. I, I think myself, what makes somebody do that? Yeah. What makes somebody one day think... I'm going to kill all my family, or wow. I'm going to kill. It's yeah. it, it's frightening. Just what what is the difference between say yeah. yourself, yeah. you, you, yeah. and anybody? Exactly. And it's just, but also the thought you don't know who would yeah. turn like that. It could be literally anybody you talk to, isn't it? Mm. That, it that, I find that quite bizarre. Mm. I mean, you got away with it that one time, didn't you? <laughs> 
Well, I say get away with it. Hey? I must dispose of the body soon. But... Well, they touched your weenus, didn't they? And they you didn't know what it was. Yeah. I love that weenus is spreading. It's no. great. See, it's great. I can see a T-shirt coming up in yes, that, that's for sure. Don't touch my weenus. Are you, do, yes. So do you like crime TV as well? Yeah, I love it. Do you? I, watch all, I mean, I watch all of the crime TV. I'm always, always behind. I still haven't watched the second series of Killing Eve. Um, I'm, I watched the first one, not the second. That's all we're there to watch. I'm still on the last series of Silent Witness, which I'm, which right. I, which I haven't watched yet. But yeah, I love, I love crime, everything crime. So you just delve in UK, yeah. American, yeah, all, all of it, anything. Scan- I love all the, the Scandi stuff. Yeah, yeah I love seem to all really that. be on a high, don't they? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Have you seen Mindhunters? No. David Fincher. I just mm-hmm. can't. That series blew me away in the where, second. Where is, was that, it? is it Netflix? Or? Yeah, it's oh, about right. the FBI behavioral okay. uh, serial. How they started the serial killer behavioral oh, science and everything. Good. And the second series has got Charles Manson and about that in it as well. Oh, wow. And yeah, I'm excited for that <laughs> one. Mm, there you go. So, um, when they do the film of your, uh, of, of, your book. of your book, yeah, will, when, it be, will it be when they do it? When will it be set in Cheltenham again? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh God, we're going to be covered with <laughs> Northleach, Cheltenham. <laughs> That'd be like butterflies. Uh, <laughs> I butterflies. only recently discovered that was set in Cheltenham. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah, was it? Was yeah. It? yeah. I'm laughing. Was it? Yes. Yeah, it really was. That's it why was. I said it. It was filmed in I Cheltenham. I only found that out no. very recently, yeah. But none of that family had a, like a West Country, or oh, not West, you know, a, a, but, a South West accent, yeah. a Gloucester no, accent. No, but it was all filmed and set in Cheltenham. Was it really? Yeah. I tried When I heard that, I tried to find reruns of it, but there aren't. There don't seem to be any many, on. No. no, I couldn't find any, but I'd love to watch clips, it again. Yeah. Goodness yeah. me. Right, before we carry on, we're going to have our little quiz now. Oh, good. I'm sure you've, okay. um, you've yes. heard this. this is... I either get all five right or none, usually, well, when I listen, so let's, let's see. Let's hope you go for the five out of five. Here we go. We're going to play okay. carry or curtain. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's number one. Do you reckon you could sign a card for me? Oh, that's curtain to, to Martin. Well done. Yes. Great start. On her birthday. Yes. Great start. One out of one. Number two. Yeah, but Pez or no Pez, Robin Pope would have fallen off that ferry. Ah. Oh, right, hang on. That, they were, I know they were sitting on the wall waiting for the bus. Uh, I can see them saying it. Who said that? They, somebody said the Pez was evil. Carrie said the Pez was evil. Oh, I don't know. See, like a that. criminal mind. Oh, she's she's, she's deducting just, and yeah, working it out. Ah, ah, oh, was it, was it Curtin? It was yeah. Curtin. Well yes. done while they're waiting for the bus. Number yes. three. We've just done a massive circle for three hours. Oh, same episode in the woods. Um, Kerry. That was Curtin oh, as well. Damn. But that oh, I got was the episode in right. the woods. Half Absolutely. A point. Unfortunately, we didn't. Oh, you oh, don't do half points. No, we don't do half no, points. No, sorry. <laughs> But that's two out of three. That's good so far. Number four. I did a dump in a tent. That's all you need to know. You just took all these from the same episode, didn't you? Nearly all of them. That's Kerry. That is Kerry. Well done. (laughs) And that's one of of my favourite lines from the whole series. That's fair, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And number five. uh, So me and Len are basically neighbours now. Kerry. Well done. Four yeah. out of five. Ah, That's very bad. good. So there you go, you see? Yeah. George Clooney see, would be fan. happy with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, looking into the future yes. of this country, yes. uh, where would you like to see Series 3 go? Now, after everything that's happened in the aftermath, <gasps> do you think Martin's going to come back? Do you think he's going to be not. back? I love him as an actor. I think he's great as an actor, and I can't believe he never acted before. I know. It's, it's ridiculous. It is crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. But kind of, no, I almost don't want him to come back because I think she's, I think she's better off without him. Um, I just want, yeah, I just want Carrie to be happy. But then again, I suppose that wouldn't make very good, that wouldn't be very funny, would it? If she was all happy and... 
you know, chilled and everything. <clears throat> so I don't know. It's really tricky. I I'm dying to see what they're going to come up with. But I do. I would like her to at least have a friend or a boyfriend. What was that man called who wrote the dirty letters? Dan. Dan. Yeah, yeah. He he might be. Yeah. But he never came back again, did he? he no, not yet. No. no. Oh. I mean, this yeah. is the thing. This is the thing is we we always I'm I'm always scouring <clears throat> Twitter <clears throat> because I'm we're friends with Jimmy Walker who who plays Dan okay. just to look and see if he's saying oh, I'm just off filming oh. or I'm I'm just off to the the Cotswolds and just because you think right if he's in the Cotswolds. Then that means he's going to be, but there's nothing. They they don't give anything away. No. You see, the only thing that worries us at the moment, as obviously say as we're recording this, that um, Ashley McGuire, who plays Mandy, mm. is over in Canada oh, at no. the moment. Oh no! So that's a bit of a worry. Yes, because we've got to see Big Mandy back because she wasn't in. She wasn't in the aftermath. No, that's true. And I just want to see. I she's one of my favourites. Yeah, she's Mandy, brilliant. Oh, gosh. And you would like to see something. Mm. But maybe they're not telling. They won't tell you when she's back anyway, will she? Will they? It'll be a surprise. I suppose she might be here now, and you'd never know. No, because she tweeted from Canada this morning. She I, says I scour. Canada. <laughs> they're, they're, you don't understand what I'm doing. First thing in the morning, I'm looking. I have like like a criminal thing. I have like. <clears throat> Um, a map with like red string going up, saying right. So Ashley's there, so and Jimmy Walker. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy yeah, Walker's yeah. there. Good detective. It's, well, you have to do yeah. it. You see, you need to know where everybody <laughs> is. I know they, to... and they don't do many interviews, do they? they? Don't give anything away, really. You they know this don't. thing that I was the first. Did you hear this thing that I was the first person to ever interview Daisy on television when she was nine? Do you know about no. this? No, I didn't even know about this until. Do you not know about no. this? No. Oh right. Okay. What a so, bombshell! <laughs> I know. It was a bombshell for me because she was a little kid. I didn't mm. link the two. But um, so um, when you had the This Country football match, yes. Um. Erica, the band Erica. Yes. I've never seen them play, but obviously they're a local band, aren't they? And, and we've been Twitter friends for mm. years, but I've just quite, never quite managed to see them play. But anyway, they tweeted me and said, oh, look at this this country football match. This looks good fun. And then Paul Cooper was copied in on that tweet somehow, and he, and he tweeted and said, oh, it's funny you should be telling Jackie about that because she was the first person to ever interview Daisy on television. And I was like, I tweeted back, what? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what, when, where, what, how? Yeah. And he said, he tweeted back and he said... Um, when Daisy was nine, Sirencester Town Juniors released a football song and Daisy played for them. And um, I came along, apparently, and interviewed Daisy and her friend Becky, who was only five, and I asked them whether they would prefer to be footballers or singers, because they were little footballers singing, and they both said footballers. And uh, Becky apparently is now a barrister and Daisy is Daisy. Mm, wow. And so somewhere there's this, um, I guess, at ITV West. Because I'm assuming it was when I, because I used to be Gloucestershire reporter for HTV back right, in the day. Yeah, in the so day. I'm assuming it was then. Um, so somewhere at ITV, there'll be a, the very first interview on television ever with Daisy when she was nine. And I'm doing the interview. <laughs> My God. And I've only just, because of course I didn't link the two, did no, I? No. I mean, I wouldn't have known. But um, isn't that bizarre? That's that awesome, is very, well. very strange. Yeah. It's like how, how small the world yeah, can be, isn't it? I was amazed. So I'd love to see the footage. But like, that is crazy. I yeah. saw. I saw. I went down a few like, like the YouTube rabbit hole, like you do. Mm. And there's a clip of Daisy in what's the the show that Martin Clunes? Doc Martin. Oh. Doc Martin. Is she not? And yeah. she, but <gasps> she looks. I mean, she must be early twenties. Yeah, if that. It's I hard to see that she. I mean, she. She is like. Like really, really thin, so like looks really, really young. And I had to look like four or five times. Well, that's not. What Daisy. did she play in? Dark she was like a. She was a um, mother of a small kid, wasn't she? That's right. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think she was only in it for like one scene or right. whatever. But it's really weird seeing Daisy like that because you used to just seeing her mm. with a football kit on yeah. and, and her hair tied back and 
stuff like that. It's just very, very strange yeah. what time does to you. Isn't it? <laughs> Depressing. So, so as a writer, have you ever thought yeah. about writing TV series or a sitcom I've or anything? A, I've thought about I have thought about it. Um, I'd probably need to do a screenwriting course because it's diff- quite different mm. writing screenplays and, and scripts um, as opposed to writing novels. But something I would like to do, yeah, again, it's finding the time. So I th- I'd probably need to go and learn how to write a s- script. I had, it's just all about format and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I'd love to do something like that. Because obviously Daisy and Charlie writing this country, do yeah. you... Do you do you look at that or listen to that and sort of get ideas or, or I, I mean, critique I, I've it? I've heard maybe? them. To, I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> presume. I wouldn't dare. But I've listened to them on your podcast talking about their writing process and mm. stuff, and I do find it fascinating how they work together as well. Mm. Um, I think it's amazing. And it I, must be so hard being brother and sister. Yeah, I mean, they clearly get on well. But and, yeah, yeah, but there's all that. Yeah, yeah. of course. But it, they, it clearly works, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but I do find their process fascinating. I do think it's really interesting. So, what's your process for writing a book then? Um, where do where do you start with I something start with like that? Just the, the idea, you know this okay that's that's the sort of the hook for the book you know this this crime is going to happen and then I so I always think of it as right like writing a jigsaw you know you're writing a jigsaw doing a jigsaw you know you always you start with the corners and the outside and then you fill in the middle it's a bit like that so I have an idea of a crime which happens at the beginning I sort of know who's done the crime and that's the end and it's like just filling in the bits in the middle and somehow making it into 90,000 or 100,000 words which is the the tricky bit but um I'm, I'm a real planner in in writing they talk about planners and pantsers People who just fly by the seat of their pants and never plan, like Ian mm. Rankin, who apparently writes his Rebus novels and doesn't even know who the killer's going to be. I don't know how. Really? He, I, that's what I've heard him say that. I don't you know how I've, he does that. I've heard other authors say this, and yeah, I always think I can't, that's bizarre. I can't. I have to plan it. So I sort of plan it a little bit each chapter. I plan about five chapters ahead, write those, and plan the next five, write those. And the book often goes off on tangents, and I, you know, it ends up completely different. The one I'm writing at the moment, which is coming out in January, has ended up being completely different from the original. Really? Original sort of storyline, but um, do you have like post-it notes stuck yeah, everywhere? And... I have a big notice board right. with all the um, characters, sort of, because it's easy to if you're writing like a hundred thousand words, it's easy to forget that somebody's got blue eyes and the, the eyes might change halfway through the book. So I have a, I actually print off pictures of people, random people from the internet who look like the characters do in my head. And then I have all the character traits written down next to them, and all on a board in front of me, and a map of the place I'm, you know, that setting the book in, and all stuff like that. It's this big mess that nobody mm. else would understand, but I do. Yeah, <laughs> bit, so, a bit like your shed, actually. Yeah. Big mess. And, uh, but we understand. <laughs> no, it's a brilliant shed. I wish people could see how amazing this room is. Oh, bless you! It's got well, Jesus awesome. in it and everything. It look. is. That's Jesus, bu- that's Star Wars, buddy, that's buddy Christ. That is. Is it? Yeah, from Kevin Smith films. I don't oh, think I've ever heard no. of Kevin Smith, the, no. the director, American director. Yeah. Look, Laurel and Hardy, Star Wars. Obviously, yes. It's amazing. It's. Um, Pop it's, culture. It's 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 mm. just a room full of tat, it's basically. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. It's great. It's, it's weird. There's so much stuff, but none of it is worth anything. It's like <laughs> all these collectible stuff. None of this is uh, is worth a thing. But there you go. To it's, us, it is. Well, to us, it is. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm off to Galaxy's Edge soon in Disney no, Disney World. Oh. As we record this, well, yeah. It, when this goes out, I'll have, it'll be in October. I'm wow. going. I, and I. Excited. I'm going to lose it. Like, as soon as I see the Millennium Falcon, I'm just oh, going to be like an eight-year-old and just start crying. That's why my, my daughter wants to come with me so that oh. she can see what my face is going to be like. It's so embarrassing. Go on your own. The first I, well, day. Yeah, get, yeah. get settled in. I think that's going to have to be it. You'll be like it? Kevin in Home Alone when he's in that mall or whatever, just in Home Alone 2. 
It's all wonderful. Oh, <laughs> my God. So, uh, have you got your, when's your next QVC shift? Are you... uh, I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning. To oh, my drive, goodness. Yeah, to drive to London. I'm on the, the morning show tomorrow, which is the nine o'clock show, so I get in about six to prepare. Wow. Um, so, I leave Cheltenham about just after four. So, yeah. So, so does it go? It doesn't go. Is it twenty four hours? No, we're live from nine a.m. till one a.m. Right, and then it's they run pre recorded shows until nine, and then we start again. So yeah, right, we're mostly and, live. And the big question is, yes. when will the Christmas stuff be? For We've sale? started. Oh, fantastic! We have a day. <laughs> we started. We have a big event called Christmas in July on the twenty fifth of July. And right, then, and then every month um, we have a Christmas day, and then from October it's full on Christmas. The trees are up. We've, it's so weird shopping TV because it's all the, the Christmas trees. They start decorating them in June, mm. and they're all lined up like in a room. And every time you walk past, you see all the Christmas trees, and the sun's blazing outside, and it's just so bizarre. And then you come in on the twenty fifth of July, and all the studios are decorated for Christmas, and it's just. Oh, it's I can't weird. wait then. It's great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in. Credit card's going to get a battering now. <laughs> you need to save it till you've been to Galaxy's Edge. I got money saved for that, so I can use my credit card for Christmas. <laughs> I need a new tree. I need a new one of those houses that Perfect. like light. I'll find you one. <sighs> yeah, thank God. you'll be all right. <laughs> Excellent, Jackie. Thank you so much for Jackie, coming to join us. It's been absolutely brilliant. It's um, it's lovely to meet someone that listens to the podcast, but it's nice to meet someone that I mean, George Clooney. <laughs> Weenuses and Donny Osmond. Donny Osmond, Daisy at nine years old. I mean, it's just been a plethora of fantastic facts. Oh my God, does that sound? Yeah, yeah. shocking. A weenus of facts. A weenus of facts. Um, Do you want to tell everybody? I think um, you have a website. I have. um, I've got a website, um, JackieCabler dot com. I'm on Twitter at JackieCabler, and I'm on Instagram at official JackieCabler, which sounds really like. You know, I don't want to say the word, but it sounds really kind of. But the reason is because when I joined Instagram, there was a fake Jackie Cabler on there. Really? With my, who'd stolen my biography and my pictures and was pretending to be me. And really? they And they were at Jackie Cabler, so I couldn't be at Jackie Cabler. So I had to be at official Jackie Cabler. Why were they doing that? I don't know. Why do people do anything on the internet? They're weird. Oh, yeah. That is Just crazy. Weird. Did so you like message them and say, I did. Could I, said, I have you, I said, Jackie I, you know, back. I've joined Instagram. Can I have my name back? Why are you pretending to be me? They didn't answer any messages. And I reported them to Instagram. I think it's still on there. I think they took all the pictures off. There, right. So. so yeah, at official Jackie Cabler on Instagram. There we well, are. There you go. That's why. Thank you very much again, Thank Jackie. You. Yes, thank so, you. Lovely to have you come and visit us. It's been great. It's been a joy. Been I love your shed. Lovely. It's great. Uh, Neil, do you want to go through a little bit of the I'll housekeeping? Let's see how many of these you can get right. I have my finger <clears> on the button. Right, I'll try and do it as well as Jackie did her. So you can see us on all the social media sites like uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat at WTAF This Country. <laughs> we have a website which is WTAFpodcast.com. Well done. We have an email address that you can get hold of us and talk to us if you wish. And that means, and that's WTAF, this country at hotmail.com. 180. Ooh. I'm with a professional now. That's right, that's right. And also, remember, we have our third live show, WTAF Live 3, Thrice Cooked, at the Sundial Theatre in Sirencester, 29th of November. Uh, tickets are now on sale. If you go to our website, you'll be able to get the, uh, what's it called, the link to be able to go and buy the tickets but be quick because we've sold out the last two shows and this one will sell out again we have Erica are going to be there as our house band Uh, we are going to have the wonderful comedian Keris Nelms who was uh, a guest a couple of episodes back uh, is going to do some warm up for us and some uh, special guests we've got the Dump Gang Olympics which is going to be a lot of fun Uh, and uh, all the details will be on the website wtafpodcast.com it's going to be one hell of a night it's going to be awesome. Yeah. 
So thank you once again, Jackie. Thank Pleasure. you. Thank you once again, Neil. Thank you. Now go and sort your weenus out. <laughs> can we get plum now? We can go and get plumbed, you fuckers, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.